Thanks very much. And I was just saying um, at the start of the service that with it having been Bank Holiday Monday, it was Bank Holiday Monday at the start of this week, wasn't it? I feel a bit disorientated and a bit kind of lost in a time warp, but I wonder what kind of a Bank Holiday Monday you had. Did you maybe go somewhere different, do something different, or maybe catch up with family and friends? Don't know. I can't remember now. Uh, you see? Time warp. It's a time warp. Well, actually, the reading today got me thinking not about bank holidays, but another holiday time is actually a half term some years ago. Um, it was half term, so the kids were off school. Um, we were at home in Dudley, and the kids were actually getting a bit bored and restless because we'd kind of promised them that we'd do something, but we weren't really feeling like it. And, but we thought, okay, come on, let's, let's get a bit of a plan. So we did, and we decided that we'd go for a day out um, to Ironbridge. And if your geography's better than mine, then you'll know where that is. Yep, Ironbridge in Shropshire. Yep, um, an iron bridge over a river. Can't remember which one, but it's definitely an iron bridge. And so we were out on this day out and having a lovely time and we're walking across the bridge, um, me, Chris and the kids. And then in the distance, I could see this other family group. It looked like a grandmother and a couple of grandkids um, coming closer. And I thought to myself, oh, that woman looks a bit like my best friend's mum. And, you know, we just continued walking towards each other. And, of course, I'm thinking, there's no way it can be my best friend's mum because she lives in London and we're in Shropshire at Ironbridge. And then as we continued to walk across and as we got closer, I suddenly realised not only does this woman look like my best friend's mum, she is my best friend's mum. And it was so unexpected. And we were both like, what, what are you doing here? You're meant to be in London. You're meant to be in Dudley. And yeah, it was such a wonderful surprise for us. But we weren't expecting that. It was something so unexpected. And I wonder if that has ever happened to you, that you've been somewhere, maybe somewhere new, or maybe even somewhere familiar, and someone something unexpected has turned up. And you're like, you can't quite make sense of it. What are you doing here? How did that happen? Well, I can't help thinking that there's something like that going on in this passage here. Because, and it's now the third time that Jesus appears to his disciples. And yet, somehow, they still don't immediately recognize him. They know, yes, that Jesus is risen. He's already appeared to them twice before, but they're still just not expecting him to turn up where they are. Now, with John, the gospel writer, I also can't help thinking that he knows something about how to tell a good story. Um, what I mean is, not that he makes things up, but he knows how to take the facts and events of Jesus' life and then relate them in a way that kind of draws you in. Um, it draws you into the action. It's almost as though he's saying, come on in, come and see. And hopefully a slide will come up in a moment that will help you to get that sense of entering into the action, come and see. 
And so at the start of the reading, um, Joe read, it said, later on, other translations offer it afterwards, after these things, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. And so I immediately want to know, well, afterwards, after what? After what things? What happened? What was it that happened? So if you've been coming the past few weeks, and if you haven't been coming, I'm going to give you a little recap just so you know what things, after which things, John is talking about here. Well, on what we now call Easter Sunday, Mary had the shock of discovering Jesus' empty tomb, and then Jesus appears to her. And then there's the shock and joy of discovering that Jesus is indeed risen from the dead. But then there's still fear and confusion for the now 11 disciples. I think you know where the plot twist is there. Because, and now, although they're hearing that Jesus is risen from the dead, they don't know quite, well, they don't know where he is for a start, and they don't know quite what to make of it. And then, of course, there are still the Roman authorities, some of the Jewish leaders who were opposed to Jesus and what he was doing. And, and so the disciples are just wondering, what do we make of this and, and what happens to us now? So to cut a long story short, the disciples are together behind locked doors. This is a recap. We will get to today's passage as well. They're behind locked doors in fear of the authority, scared, confused. And then Jesus appears in the room and stands among them and says, peace be with you. But plot twist. On that occasion, there were only 10 disciples because one of them was not there with them. Can you remember which one wasn't there? Thomas, that's right. Thomas wasn't at home when Jesus turned up that first time when he appeared to this group of disciples. And so even though the other disciples tell him, we saw Jesus, he's risen, Thomas, as James told us last week, because Thomas is like people, Dudley people, he's realistic. So he's like, no, I don't believe you unless I see him for myself, put my hands in the, in the marks on his hands and in his side, I'm not going to believe it. And Jesus, being Jesus, turns up a week later, appears and allows Thomas to do that. And Thomas believes. We're getting there. And Jesus tells them again, peace be with you. So it's after all these things afterwards that we now come to this third occasion when Jesus once again appears to this particular group of his disciples. And as we heard, it takes them a while to actually realise that it's him. Like I said, they just were not expecting him to turn up there. Let's move on a slide as well. <laughs> They weren't expecting him. It's like, what? even though he's appeared twice before, when he appears this time, they don't recognise him. They're not expecting him there. And I wonder if maybe that does resonate with some of us, maybe resonates with you. Perhaps when we were feeling, and were, shut in during the lockdown... Or maybe when we feel, or maybe even if we've actually been trapped in situations or circumstances, and we're just not expecting Jesus to turn up there. 
so we don't maybe notice when he is there. It can be hard for us to believe that Jesus will turn up and make himself present to us and be with us and speak his peace to us. And yet we see that that is what Jesus does. And then again, maybe for some of us, it's kind of the other way round. We think that it's only when we're shut away from all the so-called distractions of everyday life, that's the only time when Jesus can draw near to us. Maybe we have this idea that to be truly spiritual enough, we need to shut everything else out, get away from everyday life, and then maybe Jesus will turn up. Now, I think that that's at least partly why John, the gospel writer, chose to share this third occurrence, this third occasion when Jesus meets with his disciples. And it's Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the list of names was there. But this time, they're not inside a house. They're not locked up in the house and fearful. But I guess that maybe they're still not quite sure what to make of this Jesus who's appeared to them and yet seemingly disappeared. But the thing is, they have dared to venture out and Jesus still knows where to find them. He still knows how to meet them where they are. Slide, please. Yeah. And this time there are seven of them. And as I said, they're actually fishing on the Sea of Galilee. They're not in a beautiful maize garden. But they are feeling a bit lost and confused, I think. And I wonder if maybe in their confusion, they, maybe they needed to fish just to eat or maybe to make some money. But maybe in their confusion, they needed to go back to doing something familiar, something that they knew how to do. And, you know, for them, think about it. For them, they were following Jesus before. He died, he's risen now. But just how do you now follow Jesus, this risen Jesus, when he can appear and disappear from one moment to the next and you don't know where he is? You don't know where he's going to turn up next? So maybe they just needed that reassurance of doing something familiar, something every day. But again, John with his plot twists, actually it's not a plot twist because John is telling us this is what happened. They went back to knowing, to doing what they know how to do, but wouldn't you know it, fishing didn't work either because they fished all night and they didn't catch anything. And again, sometimes life for us can feel confusing like that. We can find ourselves confused. Maybe we've thrown, our, we've thrown ourselves into something new, thrown ourselves into maybe a new relationship, a job, a, a new group, a new situation, really convinced that this is God's will for us. This is where we're meant to be. And then somewhere along the line, something unexpected happens. Challenges of different kinds come and we're left feeling confused, not really sure. And maybe we too want to just go back to doing 
something familiar, something that we feel we know how to do. And I wonder if we and maybe those first disciples were thinking, so where are you now, Jesus? And where do we go from here? But here we discover the funny thing is that Jesus is actually right there but somehow they don't recognize it at first. And so even though by now it's morning and Jesus is there on the shore and he's even started talking with them, they're obviously close enough that they can hear each other, they still don't immediately recognize him. And then suddenly, for one of them, something clicks. For that disciple, and we're told, it's the disciple whom Jesus loved. For that disciple, something clicks when Jesus tells them to let down the nets on that side of the boat, and then up comes this huge catch of fish. Now, the disciple whom Jesus loves, I just want to make it clear, I'm sure Jesus loved all his disciples just as he loves us. But the gospel writer, scholars, Bible scholars generally agree that that's just the gospel writer, John, his way of indirectly referring to himself. But that's not really the main point, actually. The thing is that something clicks. That's it, that's a click. And I do think that that disciple maybe experienced something like déjà vu. You know, a sense of, haven't we been here before? Haven't we been in a boat? And we went fishing that time, and we didn't catch anything. And then Jesus, Jesus just did something. And then, and I think, yeah, he suddenly realized, yeah, that person on the shore who was talking, Jesus, it's him. So out there, on the Sea of Galilee, in the everyday, Jesus appears to his disciples for a third time. And actually, he was already there, even before they realised it. So maybe there are places in your everyday life that you don't really expect Jesus to be. So maybe it does take a while to notice that he is there, that he's been there, ready to call us, ready to call you to say, come and eat, come and have breakfast with me, ready for us to enjoy being in his company and to recognise his presence and to know his peace. With these unexpected appearances and seeming disappearances, Jesus, I think, is opening up his disciples to what it means to follow him now. What following him now is going to be like this side of his resurrection. They don't need to have Jesus physically there with them anymore to know that he's there with them. He is still present with them, present, still speaking, peace be with you, even when he's not physically in the room or in the boat 
or on the shore. And if we go to the next slide, even if he's not in the car physically, Jesus' message is that he's still present this side of his resurrection. And Jesus is still the one who transforms seemingly hopeless situations. And he's the one who enables us to venture out, to no longer be locked in by fear, to dare to discover what comes next. And for us, my prayer is that we really have this sense that Jesus still meets us where we are in our everyday lives, including in the midst of our confusion and our challenges. Jesus is the one who enables us to face the future, to discover what he has for us next, this side of the resurrection. Let's just take a moment to respond to what God may have been saying to us. Let's take a moment and pray. Loving God, just as those first disciples were surprised by Jesus turning up to meet with them where they were, help us too to know that Jesus is still with us in all kinds of situations, in all kinds of circumstances and places. Help us to experience his peace. Help us to recognise his presence and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Keep us trusting Jesus with what he has for us, what he has next for us, this side of his resurrection. Amen.